Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Well, hello there. Are you ready for our first podcast of the new year? Oh my God, it's true. It's our first podcast of 2019. I'm trying to avoid saying Happy New Year, even though I just did it right now, because I feel like (laughs) if people come back and listen to this, like there's a point where people just get annoyed of people saying Happy New Year as the days from New Year. That's a good point. Good point. Let's move it along. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So first podcast of 2019, we'll leave it at that. And uh, we'll just say Happy 2019. And we hope your 2019 has been running along smoothly. No matter what time of the year you listen to this, we do not discriminate. We love all the months. Okay, so so, how has your week been? This week has been something because everybody, we got back from Montreal. We got all settled in. I started work on Wednesday. Everybody got sick. So I've had even one of our dogs sick, went to the vet today. So it's been a lot of sleepless nights. And to be honest, the highlight was I ordered my Christmas jammies I wanted. They were $45 on sale for $14.99. I'm wearing them right now. I'm so, so happy. Are they made of gold? What kind of pajamas are these? Because <laughs> if you want them, maybe I want them. <laughs> Honestly, I almost ordered you a pair for next year. <laughs> what is it? What does it look like? They're like snowflake printed. They're from Lucenza. And they are like, they're tied at the bottom and tied at the sleeve. So I don't have to wear the whole oh. thing. And they're like, oh my God, they're, and they're so comfortable. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I want to wear them everywhere, and it's really not appropriate. Okay. If this, when we're done, when we're done recording this podcast, just send me a link. I think it sounds like I want it. Sounds like I should have it. Um, <laughs> you? How was your week? Um, it just feels like a blur because it's an extension of the holidays. So, yeah, like Jackson went back to daycare on Wednesday. We were pretty thrilled about it just to <laughs> sort of calm down a little bit at home and get back into things, I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. It was a short week. All I can say is I kind of miss a five-day GH week. <laughs> I really do. It feels weird. It's throwing me off, you know. It was fine during Christmas. I find Christmas week was way busier prepping. But, like, coming into this week, I'm like, I could have. I could have watched some GH. I was around. I was available. No, I could have got lost in it. That would have been great. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just get into it then. I'm so, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to start with the end and then we'll crawl backwards. <laughs> it. But I mean, with Ryan, we ended on the creepiest note ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. When that camera action gets a little loose, I start getting so nervous. <laughs> lingering in the corner and my tv kind of froze a little bit so it was a little bit pixelated then came to like fruition and he was just there and I was like I guess (laughs) like the whole time like the moment she got to the to the boxing gym and Sunny wasn't there right away I was like well well, Sunny's at the home Sunny's at (laughs) Sunny's with his father I did and then I was just like how could Kevin orchestrated this would he have gotten into someone's phone or something so I don't know what's going on and Johnny was watching it recently. He's like, oh my gosh, Laura's going to die. And I'm like, no, no, Laura's going to die. And so I'm just, I'm creeped out. I'm staring and I'm fighting with him being like, she's not going to die. And I'm trying to process what's happening. But I'm thinking somebody's got to come in at the last minute. Like, I just don't see this being it. I don't see this being sort of, not that something would happen to Laura, but I don't know. I I find it hard to believe that this is going to be the turning point. I don't think this is it either. I think they want to make it look that way to get us all riled up a little bit. Because if you think about the scene that uh, Curtis and Jordan, (laughs) his wifey. Mr. and Mrs. Right. Commissioner, because apparently he's allowed all access. I know, to the files and everything, it totally kills me, but he's the reason they're going to... Pro- well, you know what? She's the one who discovered the license thing. And the fact that they showed that scene and them tearing through the files and trying to find a connection, bringing up his name again, and then that scene with Laura, I think they want us to think it's going to come to a head, but it's going to be stretched out longer. Uh, I, a lot of people are kind of unhappy with the storyline. They just sort of want the Ryan thing to be over. But I don't know. Part of me is like, if it's over, then Kevin's back. Like. <laughs> to be mean or anything I do like Kevin but I, I'm just imagining for the actor himself it's got to be fun playing a bad guy than Kevin absolutely but how do you go back to that how do you go back to the brain guy <laughs> oh I feel bad saying it but I mean he's just a character so yeah Kevin's uh boring and I mean sometimes boring can be good but I don't know Ryan's been cool except for the murder he's been pretty cool yes and and but the thing is about Kevin when he gets back he's still gonna have a lot of questions to answer like it's going to be yes interesting 
Like even when this story comes to a close, there's still that whole other chapter of how are people going to look at him knowing that he was hiding this person this whole time and and the interactions that he's had with him over the years. Yeah. Like how is that going to play out, you know? Not not good, not well at all. <laughs> the thing is, um, and, and, and like you said, everyone's going to have to deal with the aftermath. And the thing is, like police commissioners have lost their jobs for a lot less than having the actual serial killer you're seeking consult on the case so i don't know if she's gonna get to keep her job after that i'm thinking that's where you get fired oh that's intense i didn't think about that and then what if like it becomes you know the commissioner anyways that leaves um an opening for... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it's just that like if you think back i mean people i don't remember i think anna one of them like i, I think it was probably anna but i mean some of the commissioners have lost their jobs due to things like sunny going free or criminals going free they've lost it for things like that so could you imagine it coming out that the serial killer had been consulting on the case the entire time oh so that's that's a bit worse it's a bit worse. And I just <laughs> found it funny. Like, <laughs> but I just thought it was really cute. Like Curtis and Jordan. I mean, I was just like, I don't know. I wish all jobs could be like that. You could just bring your spouse in, and <laughs> just get them involved. But it, it's almost like that conversation she had with Ned just didn't mean anything when they talked about the blurred lines between your professional and personal life. I know. I was like, <laughs> okay, so one, she didn't tell Lulu that I'll she- I'll talk to Lulu and invite Curtis into work with me. I think I got right? this. <laughs> I'm getting the hang of things. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, man, but it just made me laugh because I just kept thinking, okay, we know that the PCPD doesn't solve anything, but you pointed out Jordan is the one who noticed the missing license and the past Ryan cases, and she's looking to see how this past stuff is connected with what's happening in the present. So could this be the first case that they solve? I think it just might be. Like, the fact, and what I thought was funny, though, because of all our talks about, like, the PCPD and how that works out, she's like, how come nobody noticed this before? It's like, really? Really? <laughs> question. <laughs> but, I mean, I really hope that they take the time to, to really, like you said, she asked that question. She's like, if we didn't know, how does it merge? Well, actually, no, I'm kind of laughing at myself asking that. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, of course, everybody would know, but you guys. But I do hope she takes that question seriously. But I just find it funny because we're talking about Curtis being involved right now. And it just, it, it makes me laugh because he did find the body. And I mean, who knows? She might have contracted him on to help. He is a private investigator. But then there's a part of me that strongly believes that there's this law in Port Charles. And so if you discover the body, you got to crack the case <laughs> so that's like the only way we solve anything is to get outside help because the PCPD typically won't be the ones to figure this out so I just think that that whole thing is just super hilarious but at the same time I feel like because Curtis is involved we have okay because we have an outsider outside the PCPD involved in the case I do feel there's a stronger chance they may put two and two together do you think that's in Lucy's travel guide if you find a body in poor Charles you'll have to stay <laughs> And help close the case. I think I think it should be. I think if you're touring there, and I think if Sasha ever comes back, she should be aware. Yeah, of the statistics, the hotel body rating, the how involved you have to be in solving crime. Do you, anyways, the Q and A's in the back of the book. But I just love <laughs> their whole. <laughs> but like, wasn't it odd to have the show start and then you're watching like Lucy's journey and you're like, what's happening here? I was so confused. I like stopped it three times to make sure I had the right date that I was watching. That but it you thought it was like properly. a special episode? <laughs> that it was like one of those special holiday episodes. But the thing is, if I hadn't seen um, William Tipton, I think, so the, the, the kid who plays Cameron, if I hadn't seen his tweet around the holidays, I would have been confused because he actually tweeted out the Port Charles Guide, and they were advertising it as a real book, you know, sort of a thing around the holidays. So something to check out. So because I had seen it as a real book, I was kind of laughing. I'm like, okay, you inserted a commercial for your book. I cool. I don't even have my finger on the pulse. I need to like check that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like he was the only character to have like to have. <laughs> He's like, this is so cool. Everybody else is like, oh. <laughs> So what did you think about Lulu and Ava's conversation? It was really, I, I kept staring at Ava, you know, like she did her typical, like, get defensive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, first reaction. She seemed 
kind of freaked out too. And the fact that he can, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just like, like, it's like you, you're right. When it comes to Ava, she just has sort of an automatic response, which is like you said, to be defensive, but I'm sorry. Did you not enjoy how she dealt with Lulu? Like her irritation with her calling her on her crap, you know, talking about the whole Ryan Chamberlain murder anniversaries and the fact that she's like, well, haven't you been like pushing that down everyone's throat, writing about it all the time? No, I do love it. Out of all like the sass she gives everybody, I definitely enjoy that scene tremendously. But I also like, like we said, she's one of those characters that we kind of love to hate. She has a little bit of a human side, but then you see who she really is. But when she, when something sinks in for her or her reactions are so priceless, like when, you know, she's like, I just want you to think about this. And he had the breakdown. And then, you know, when Kevin comes in and confirms the breakdown and just like her face, like the wheels are turning. Like, I don't know in what direction, but they are turning. And what freaked me out is what we keep talking about where she's, he's isolating her more. Like I know Lulu's not her friend or anything like that, but he just like cut off another like access to the outside world. Like you should, you know, not talk to her and everybody's trying to tear us apart. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's trying to tear us apart. I'm like, what is happening right now? I was actually kind of surprised she, she went along with that one because she seemed to genuinely go along with it. And I get it. You know, the wheels are turning, but she's not likely to jump from, hey, he had a psychiatric break a few years ago to he murdered my daughter. It is a huge leap to make, but because the wheels are turning and she did seem to believe that there was something about him she should be cautious of, I kind of was surprised that she didn't think something was weird. So you have that conversation, you realize that, and then he seems to be getting a little angrier. I don't know. I was a little surprised there. And even more so, I don't know if you noticed, he does such a good job, like the actor playing Ryan, because when he had left Ava the first time and said something about answering the door and said, make yeah. sure you know who's on the other side or something like that. Did you notice like the little subtle smirk on his face when he said that to her? I didn't. Making me a He's so sad. Yeah, he's so scary. Like, I don't know. Like, yes, I understand that people just sort of want the storyline to come to a close. And I just hope that when it does, we get a really satisfying ending. But at the same time, there's just those really cool nuggets and moments that, I don't know, I really like it. appreciate how creepy it is. Well, it's like when he was taping <laughs> up the box, like when he was sitting there alone taping up the box, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to lose her mind. But it just lends to like, he just wants to like close that chapter of her life, isolate her from everybody, just have her, have her move on and forget about this huge thing that happened. It was just, it was intense and it was so precise and specific. Like you said, like the little smirks, the little glances, it's like all these things just tied together that you enjoy the crazy, but it's so freaky. It is. And the thing is, it, it, like, that scene more than that, it just shows how much he can control and how much people allow and how good he is at shutting down situations because he sort of shut down the conversation. He was like, okay, well, I got to get going on. This is what I was doing. And, and so he's really, really good at just controlling the scenario. And even when he went to go see Curtis and Jordan, I was like, you know what? He did a really good job. Like, he turned the tables on them. No, they're not buying it because later on when we see them further investigating, it's clear that they realize, you know, we were not the only ones present because Kevin, well, Ryan, tried to say, like, tried to paint this picture to Curtis and Jordan was, hey, you guys are around at every murder. Maybe this has something to do with you. So he was trying to shoot them in a different direction. And to be honest, it was, uh, it was good. Like, it was, it was believable. But I was just surprised that so quickly they realized, okay, maybe we're not the targets. And how they let Talora. That kind of shocked me. Yes. So he does do a good job, I find, of really getting people to do what he wants to do. And again, he's just really taking advantage of his status in society. He's a psychiatrist. He's a doctor. And everyone just sort of takes him at his word. Way better said than the stuff I said earlier. Dead <laughs> on. I agree with you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So something just even funnier, I find it's funny, but like this <laughs> Drew, Kim, Julian situation here. OMG. Okay, go for it. And then I'm going to interject. <laughs> okay. So I, I mean, I'm just going back and forth here. Well, <laughs> Drew, Drew just seems, so I'm not wrong. He's just, he appears uninterested like all the time. Even when you yeah. think, because when you're watching a scene, you're like, okay, normal people might be interested, but mm-hmm. I don't think he is. Like, he's just not showing anything towards Kim. And I was just like, does she not realize he's kind of rejecting you slash insulting you? So he <laughs> sees her and he's like, you were here, I'm here, maybe you should go. 
and ring in the new year, right? She's like, didn't we ring in the new year last night? And he's like, no. And then just go see Julian. It's like that whole thing. You're trying to be flirty and bring up last night when yeah. you yourself brushed it off as a mistake because I feel like she was just trying to save face. And I don't know. She still has a smile on her face during this whole thing. And I'm like, well, isn't he full on rejecting you right now? I know, but like, okay, I agree with you exactly. That was the first thing I thought about. Kim had this like weird smile giggle, like she's in her own world and he's just kind of standing there like, what the hell is going on? Um, So maybe she sees something, maybe that reaction to her is him being interested. (laughs) Maybe, because we don't know what he was like before. So I have no idea. It's just, it's just awkward between Drew and Kim and... Mm -hmm. And okay, and so then she goes to see Julian, and I just love it because it's like I think it's also how people see themselves. So it's just sort of like how Elizabeth sees herself as I'm Elizabeth, I'm a porcelain doll. Everyone should love me. I'm so good, and everyone's so bad. And I feel like Kim, to us as an audience, I felt she was always a stable person, kind of like a, a normal person, an outsider to poor Charles who arrived, and she's relatively normal. Yeah. But then she kind of made some crazy decisions. She's starting to become like a real citizen of. Poor Charles. But still, <laughs> she still carries around this good girl type image, reputation, and clearly she believes that of herself. So the fact is, she goes to see Julian and she's just like, let's celebrate New Year's, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you somebody else. And she still keeps that even keel, good girl tone. And she's just like, it meant nothing. Let's move on. I know. Just like, does it occur to you that he has feelings that regardless of whether it meant anything to you? Maybe he just doesn't like the girls that he's with to just be kissing other guys. And and I'm so tired of hearing her say it was midnight. Wait, I don't know. I know. I, I'm not sure. Like I've watched the show. I know other humans. And just because it's midnight, people aren't just <laughs> making out with other people. Like, it's not a spell. Like, you could decide whether or not you're going to kiss somebody or just, like, high-five them or give them a hug. Right. There are so many other options as opposed to touching lips. And also, you won't stop talking about your past feelings to him. Mm-hmm. That's also a thing regular people don't do. Exactly. Anyway. But, yeah, so I was just loving that conversation because part of me was just, I was just laughing because, for one, Julian is, not only is he annoyed that she he walked in on someone else, like, she kissed somebody else, but come on, are, is she really going to deny that there's a bit more to it? It's not just any guy, it's your baby daddy, and you used to love him, and he was your everything, and you guys know this because this is something that Julian and Kim kind of knew and they sort of addressed in the beginning of their dating. But she also said that they were reminiscing, but the thing is, She's the only one that can reminisce. I know, but I love, but like even that rationale to Julian, how does that help? It's I love how she says it's a nice person, even tone. Like, but we were reminiscing and it was midnight, so we kissed. Like she keeps saying these things like it's helping. And I'm just like, it's not, it's not making you feel comforted because you're not like even if you can't spend your time with Julian, you're also not leaning on him. You're not texting him at the hospital. You're not leaning on him for that emotional support you're you're not anything Julian and when he tried breaking up with her aside from the kiss he said look you know I think you should just focus on your family and she was so appalled by that and I'm like oh my gosh are you joking right now you broke up with him for the same reasons earlier and he wouldn't let you I get it it sucks he's going around doing it back to you now but the point is time has passed and I think like honestly he's right aside from not spending time with him you're just not showing interest in him exactly like, you're just not showing any interest I agree he's just like he can't just be there waiting around like he she doesn't involve him, involve him in anything. He doesn't get to come to the hospital. Like, she could have left. Drew has given her ample opportunity. She is the one at every turn that decides to stay. And Oscar had his own plans. Like, let's remember that yeah. part. The kid had his own plans on New Year's. And even more than that, the fact that she's not relying or even talking to Julian. Julian has his own relationship with your son. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And you're, and he's still an outsider, which is odd. I, I know. The whole situation is is quite bizarre. But I just thought it was hilarious because I'm like, only a woman could make you feel guilty for breaking up with her, even though she kissed somebody else. Because <laughs> she walked away the wronged party. I'm I like, know. Only, only a talented, skilled woman <laughs> can do that. <laughs> so, I mean, that whole situation was ridiculous. But even more so, what annoyed me is pair that situation with her telling Elizabeth. Oh, my God. I know. It was ridiculous. And I'm just like, are, are you joking right now? Not only are you like, oh, my God, did it dump me? And, and, and you're allowing Elizabeth to think that Julian dumped you because you weren't giving him attention. Like, this petty, petty thing. 
you were letting her believe. And I'm just like, how long is this girl going to go on without saying, well, I also kissed Drew and he saw that. <laughs> That's also something that happened. And then she's like, and then he slept with somebody else. And I'm like, yeah, and why not? Because you proved to him in that moment. And that's the thing which she doesn't realize, like you said, there was a love triangle and Julian was the only one who knew it. And she yeah. didn't realize that there was much more just to that kiss. And I, I'm kind of glad that he didn't bother explaining all those nuances to her. You know, like you've been leaning on him. There's clearly a connection there. It makes me uncomfortable. I've walked in on you guys multiple times. I don't like it. He wouldn't have a problem with it if she opened up to him, but she's not. Opened so up to true. Julian, I mean, and she's not. So I just thought that whole conversation with Elizabeth was just so stupid and ridiculous. My favorite, though, out of that whole scenario was Curtis and Drew in the boxing ring having yes. a which was so much more fun than the um, Kim it, and Elizabeth situation. It was. But once again, were you not confused and going, so, because di- didn't that scene with him and Curtis allude to the fact that, hey, man, like, did, some, did you guys get biblical? Like, there's a there's an allusion oh, there that there was chemistry. I'm still confused by Drew. I'm still confused. <laughs> I'm like, so are you telling him it's weird because I have no feelings for this woman? Or is there, like, I, I, it's, I still have no idea. I don't know, but I feel like because you brought it up to Curtis, like, it seems like there's something, but I can't. That's what I'm saying. There's scenes that you have that you're thinking, normal people, if you're having this scene and this conversation, that you're talking about someone you have feelings with. But then Drew kind of surprises you with, like, his lack of enthusiasm, and you're just like, okay. (laughs) So if you really don't like her, just say it. Well, I mean, he has, but say it super clear, because she's not getting it. We're not getting it. I don't think anybody's getting it. Like, if he doesn't, if he didn't like her, he shouldn't have kissed her. Like, I'm sorry, you're just confusing the crap out of things. He's the one that did it, you know? It's it's even like Val, like you said, you could pull back at any moment. And Mm. Val did it, and neither did Drew. Like, he engaged in that kiss, and then it was all weirded out after. It was like, okay, you were there, no? Like, like, what's wrong with you? But even funnier with the whole um, Tim and Elizabeth was when they were all like, ugh who could be better than you? And then I think the clip might've went to Alexis and I'm like, well, Alexis is not bad. Like if he did sleep with her, but it's clear that he did not sleep with Alexis. So now I'm wondering, there are no other women in Port Charles. So was he lying? Oh, totally lying. But sorry, just one thing that made me think of when you were saying like how Kim is very skilled because she walked out of that situation being like the victim kind of of the situation. Mm -hmm. The one thing she said to Elizabeth that made me laugh so hard was like, she's like, Julian just saw something out of context. Oh and then went in love with somebody else, and I was like, "Really, dude? Really? Like, well, you're really gonna say this?" That. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the context in which all humans are supposed to go, "Oh, it's New Year's. I wasn't here, right?" She does have to kiss somebody. If not, she'll explode. Like, what? I seriously, I, I totally agree with that, and I'm so shocked I didn't write that down. But yeah, I kind of like just gasped <laughs> at the TV, which is like he saw something out of context, and I'm like, "What was out of context?" You're in a relationship with him. He assumes you're in a relationship and you're just with each other and that you're committed and then you're making out with someone. So he's kind of like, uh, no deal. I feel right? like you have your right to go sleep with somebody else. Do what you want. She's not with you. Exactly. She's making a fool of you. And you're but not to Kim because your... she's like, because she did it nicely, remember? She did it <laughs> nicely. She talked about it nicely. So there was nothing wrong with it. Okay, noted. <laughs> okay, that's how you do wrong things that's right. How you do just it. do it nice. Do it nice. Oh, use I, a nice voice. Okay, remember that tagline. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so what did you think of Drew's conversation with Hank? Oh, there were so many scenes with Hank, and it was I was emotionally confused because I felt like he was genuine in parts of the conversation when he was speaking to Drew and his gratitude <laughs> towards all of that. And then there was, like, all those other scenes. So in that moment, when he was speaking to Drew, I felt that he was being truthful. You? I feel like an idiot when I was watching that scene because I'm like, the last time I saw him with Jason, he pretended to be bad at pool and then he was good at pool. And I'm like, ooh, evil. And then he's talking to Drew and I'm like, ooh, he's so nice. And I was just like, I'd be horrible at this whole thing because I'm so gullible. I just believe everything he says. But then I get thrown because later he does like a weird evil smile. So I'm like, I have no right? idea what this guy is up to. And I mean, with soap operas, I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's so predictable. But I still get surprised when I watch GH. Like, him having that conversation with Drew. And then when we see him later as Shiloh. So when I saw Shiloh, I first split second thought, like, okay, is it a twin situation? Like, Jason and Drew. And that, like, maybe it was a whole, like, uh, what was that evil doctor's name that was involved in it? Like, maybe he just wanted to learn about Dr. Maddox. 
oh yeah, Dr. Maddox. So I'm like, okay, maybe it has to do with like a twin situation. But then when it all came out, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like this sleazy Shiloh. <laughs> so that whole thing with Shiloh, again, I don't know what's happening like at all anymore. I'm so confused because it's like, yes, I still think it's a cult, but then at the same time, I'm like, it just seems like a gathering of individuals who just don't like the citizens of Port Charles. Maybe it's just them. I don't know. But it's just you have like Daisy. Well, okay. We were, we're led to believe that Daisy is sort of has this connection to Sam and Hank has this connection to Drew. But now I have no clue at all. Like I really have no clue at all. And Mish Fisher 12 says, I'm guessing Hank Shiloh is Linda Black too. And so I was having a conversation with her and I think Daisy is Linda Black, but now I'm kind of like rethinking the whole thing. Is it really what it seems? Is, is, is it possible that Shiloh is having Daisy do things and she doesn't actually know what mm. she's really doing? Okay, did you catch the comment that he made that I felt like it was very directed to Sam? Yep. He about- said being Hank and his name being Shiloh and why he decided to do that. Yeah, something like new life, new name. Exactly, because the old name can carry blah, blah, blah. But I felt like it was very directed. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. Like I, I, like I said, I, I think that maybe he's gotten Daisy to do certain things for him. So maybe Hank was the one she wronged. But really, somebody wrongs you and you make a whole cult about it? And I'm just so confused how Drew fits in if that's actually a real connection. Because I'm sorry, what are the odds? You're after Sam... And then you find Drew. And then he didn't even know that his son was living with him. Yes. Like, it's so many tie-ins. It's so weird. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's going to be big. I think so, too. Which is why I'm just... Which is why I'm, like, so confused. Because there's so many different ties that I'm not really sure what the angle is at all. But Chibi's 10 says something fishy is up. But as always, Mr. Morgan to the rescue. Very true. So true. I love seeing them together. Do you want to like rewind it a little bit and talk about how Christina walks in on their kid? Oh my, as usual, as usual, she, she kind of walks in and disrupts him. Like Jason just has a heart of gold at this point and also massive patience <laughs> because he was just finally about yeah, to get it massive. on. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he's thinking, yep, going to seal the deal. If anything, we're already in a hotel. But then a dead body arrives. Well, it doesn't arrive. It, like, it's there. But still, it kind of ruins the mood when you have to answer questions to the cops for a while. But he did say it's time we do something about it. Like when they're like kissing yeah. and stuff. And I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> well, because they were pretty much together. Like the whole night sealed the deal. The whole New Year's sealed the deal. From the moment he went to go pick her up, it was very clear that they were together. They were a couple at the whole New Year's event. And it was just finally time to make that damn thing official. But I really loved the shift of Sam from, okay, I'm Sam, we're like this item. But then Christina walks in and she becomes a sister. And I mean, I know that they've always been sisters, but I find this is the first time you see Sam in this protective role. She's a mom now. And, you know, now Christina lives with her. So it's not like before where she she kind of just gives her her outside opinion because Christina lived elsewhere and had her own life or was living with Alexis and was playing mediator. Now she's dealing with her head on and sees her heading straight for stupidity. I know. I really like seeing Sam in that role. <clears throat> I especially liked their interactions together at the home. Like, yeah, but it got before, intense and I liked it. I, oh, I really, really did that. I really did too. But even before they got there, not just Sam being sisterly, but I kind of even like Jason. Like it just goes to show you how the characters evolve because yes, Jason is like the bad boy, but he's been the bad boy for like a bajillion years and now he has his own kids. And so it's just <laughs> different watching both of them be parental together toward Christina, which I thought was hilarious because even Jason was confused and he's talking and this is not the Jason we used to know doing all this talking and then even when we got there his reaction was priceless oh my god shiloh oh oh my god but what about his face when sam is like was asking about if christina was sleeping with shiloh his face was hilarious i know it just makes it it it, it seriously makes those scenes and i find like all the ones that include christina like especially when she's walking in on jason sam or like there's just there's always a comedic element because there's always the third person out of the conversation that's doing something a little funny that we're noticing. So I thought that was hilarious too. But you're talking about the intensity, and that's the thing. Like Sam was badass. Like she did not back down whatsoever. She did not care. She didn't care. Oh she yeah, was, 
loved it. She was fierce. She was asking tons of questions. She was giving it to Shiloh. I love the look that she turns around and gives Christina when Christina keeps trying to pipe up an answer. And I get what she's saying. She's explained it to Jason later. I'm just annoyed because Christina is not answering for herself. It's obvious she's speaking Shiloh's words. And she's basically just like regurgitating everything that she's read from this book. And yes. so I just love the look that she's giving her. She's like, you have no clue you have no clue and I just feel so bad because I'm like how can one person just how could she just like it's one bad decision after another I know like Christina and her what she's doing it's just unfortunate because she has the potential like we've talked about where they could take her character that would be like really interesting taking over the industry for Sunny doing all these things making her stronger and I'm I'm desperately hoping that out of this situation something good is going to come out of it finally for her because like you said it's just a string of very poor decisions but yet she has such a great character and such strength to do like different things in the soap opera yeah I, I agree you took the words right out of my mouth my hope is is that regardless of wherever this storyline goes that it's somewhere good for Christina but we were talking about how Sam was drilling Hank about money in particular <laughs> and Sydney schools said this scams and blackmail is how the cult money is made Ooh, I really I like that and I'm like I honestly think she's totally dead on and right because they brought up the money and I just feel like if you're going to be bringing up things and saying things you got to be doing it for a reason. So obviously the money is really important. And I think she's she's right in terms of where he's getting the money. I think so too. Like, And maybe that's where Daisy fits into the whole situation, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so too. Oh, yes, that's possible. I don't know. She could be a minion or he could be like actually blackmailing her to, to stay and possibly to recruit um, Christina in particular. There's also, okay, so we talked about like whether Hank is real or not. And we just don't know what to think of his backstory. You know, we have no idea what his connection is to Sam, but there seems to be one because of that like cutting comment that he made toward her. And then yeah. his history with Drew. So we have at the Pretty Pixie on Twitter, Melissa Schultz, she said this, I'm more inclined to believe that Drew was part of something in his service days, but Hank is going mm -hmm. to try to blackmail him over. I trust Jason's instincts. Hank is no bueno. I agree that Hank's not good. So who knows who the target really is? Like, mm. Does he have something separate on Drew? But I feel like, I don't know, like at this point, Drew doesn't remember anything. So what would he care? So true. And what would it matter? And what would it change in his life at this point in time? The whole, so like, I'm just looking at that scene, thinking about exactly all those things. Who is he connected to? Who is he trying to harm, blackmail? Is Christina part of bringing Sam into the mix, which is bringing Drew into the mix? Like, we don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, we don't so know who the target is. Yeah. So my head's like swirling in this whole scene, but there were like two parts that were, again, super funny for me. It was when um, Christina introduces them when they come into house. She's like, this is my sister with her um, Jason. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was so funny. When she when they said that, I was like, where's my Jason? I'm like, that was just uh, such a hilarious introduction because, well, I think it reflects the ridiculousness of the situation, but also Christina's view of the situation too. Exactly, which is always so funny, so pointed and perfect. And then there was another, just like literally the look on her face when um, Shiloh, hands or like give Sam his book and then Sam looks at Christina because I guess she may have said something in that moment and Sam's eyes got so big like it was such a mom look like yes! just the front door so that I can get this situation under wraps so just like stop but it was just all in one deathly look <laughs> but like she's mastered it because that's that's exactly what was making this scene great it was not only was she on Hank slash Shiloh but it was all the looks that she was giving Christina simultaneously that was super hilarious and funny but really creepy though like all that was funny but that shift that he had when he was alone with Christina kind of blaming her I know for, I was just like I could, I could barely follow I'm like what are you saying to this poor girl I know super creepy but again it's like that kind of like we're talking about like the whole Kevin Ryan thing that whole controlling that whole yeah. making her feel bad for her reactions isolating her making her feel just that she's not doing something good and how to like she constantly needs change so constantly needs to depend on him because he knows what's best for her reaction yeah you're right ryan should be in the cult business too <laughs> <laughs> or, what, is it? what did he call himself shiloh how he makes his money a uh, life coach <laughs> let's um i know let's, let's talk on. let's talk about something sad no sad, sad. or do you want to I, I had a funny thing before we get to sad or do you want to go sad no, I want to go sad and heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. No, I'm kidding. It's Mike. Um, I love Mike. 
So do you want to go, Mike, or do you want to go Julie and Alexis and her hungry eyes that are still so, so hungry? I think we're going to need her hungry eyes after Mike to go pep us it. back up. So, I mean, <laughs> there's not much there other than, there was a lot, but I just mean, like, it was just really sweet watching how much Mike loved Yvonne and he was willing to let her go completely oh, just yeah. to sort of have her stay in a place that she knew. But at the same time, like, I just appreciate the whole storyline because Mike's storyline could have easily been, oh, look what Sonny's going through. But it was so much more than that. It's you're seeing Sonny's perspective and you're also getting Mike's perspective. Like you're actually getting just Mike's separate story from all this. And it's sad. And I mean, I know that it's hard for people to root for Marcus because of the way he's been acting in regards to his wife. But I kind of like the depiction. It is hard. It's hard to accept that you're losing somebody. And he summed it up super well on today's episode. But the reality is so hard because, you know, his wife is ill and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to take care of you. But then with this particular disease, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to love you. and I'm going to support you. But I also have to watch you be with somebody else. Oh, it is absolutely heart-wrenching. I felt terrible for him. Like, I just wanted to give him a big old hug because exactly that. Like, his heart is just being shattered in so many different ways that he picked this, you know, person who's the love of his life. He's watching her fall in love with somebody else. It, it, it's so hard and it's heartbreaking. And I think it's harder for Marcus in a way that's different for everybody else involved in the situation. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, for for his sake and for his well-being, he's come to a place where at the very least he can accept reality. And he, I mean, he does have Stella there to support oh, him no. now that they're closer to being on the same page. So that might be interesting going forward. I agree. I like this, like, calm, kind of chill, level-headed Stella. Like, this can work. This works for me. Oh, yes. I am so, so happy <laughs> for that Jordan versus Stella drama to be gone like I mm-hmm. like it like you said I like the peace I like the calm and let's just get Stella <laughs> I was about to make a rhyme let her get it on <laughs> let's Stella have her moment oh I get it now <laughs> I'm spilling on <laughs> I didn't even see that coming okay <laughs> you're a hilarious genius <laughs> <laughs> okay so Julexis as they are known go for oh. it I dig it. I dig share, it. Share, share, share. That scene, okay, it's one of the funnies on my list. I tend to, I guess, write down all the funnies. Um, so she's sitting there. He's like, oh, kind of like, what are you doing here? He's all grumpy and blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, I have a meeting with a client. And I loved his reaction. Well, don't you have a ton of conference rooms? For- <laughs> right? Easy. Like, like, I'm sorry, but as an audience, she's a lawyer and they're not together and she wants to keep her distance, but she's always there. Mm-hmm. And with those eyes, that girl is hungry. It's Eat the her. second time because there was. <laughs> oh, sorry, that came out so. <laughs> okay, I have a response to that. So Woodstrix on Instagram said this. Um, she's like, "There's a lack of men, so they recycle relationships. <laughs> Boring, and these women look like they don't know how to move on." So she's talking about Alexis because I don't know. I agree with you. She does look hungry. <laughs> like, hello, the way she was staring at him on New Year's, much less every time she's around him. It's intensified, though. I feel like it's, like, just kicking it up a notch. <laughs> okay, so this is the first time I did this. I actually, I am talking about um, the at the Pretty Pixie, so I'm mentioning her again because she also made another, like, super funny comment. She said she made, this is about Alexis. She mm-hmm. may not be sipping on cocktails anymore, but Alexis sure is thirsty. Remember, when he threatened to kill you, sister, seriously, move on. Go hit on the new guy. <laughs> Hank, he's handsome. <laughs> and you can see what... What he's up to. Let's make Alexis's love life great again. <laughs> oh my God. That is amazing. That is a great freaking comment. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. I have, okay. So I mean, there are some people who really would like to see her back together with Julian. So we have Rosie.jpg. I like them together more than I like Kim and Julian together. And also Chartiste said, go Alexis, get your man back. Will she? <laughs> Will she do what needs to happen to get it done will she go after him oh i feel like it's going to be like a a one and done and then back to camp <laughs> yeah like i know it sucks but so i don't, you see, you, don't see, you don't see the longevity between him and alexis no you took the words right out of my mouth i think it's going to be very short-lived um alexis just never has a happy ending like it's sad to say but it's so true her track record is horrible okay so there's a bit of a, a debate here because this because this is how I feel. This is the first time I've seen Alexis like this. Because I've never really seen her chase a guy. 
And she may not be actively chasing Julian, but her facial expressions say something different. And at FBM 2005, Samari Shelton on Twitter said this. She saw a bit of fear and certainty, and she says this reflects um, comments she saw in SOD recently, so that's Soap Opera Digest. So she says Alexis doesn't really chase guys. She's attra- She attracts bad guys. And Ooh. so I... I don't know. Like, I, and I totally get that because it's true. She attracts the, the wrong kind of guy, but I have to admit, like, I, there is a sense of her pursuing Julian, though indirectly. Like, she's not keeping the space between them that she could, that she actively could. Like, she doesn't have to be at Charlie's. It doesn't matter that your daughter works there or not. It's not like mm-hmm. she visits Sam at work. She's not visiting Molly at the university. Like, she doesn't have to be there. To my understanding of the neighborhood, Charlie's is this more, like, hipster, up-and-coming neighborhood. I highly doubt her law firm is in that area. I would assume it's more around the Metro Court in this like high end area. I know I may, oh God, I cannot <laughs> believe this because now the Port Charles guide has actually come in handy. I cannot believe right? I like walked right into that one. Yeah, like this is my understanding of the city. I cannot believe I'm talking about the layout of Port Charles, a fictional place. But yes, I just did. Can we make this like a business expense? Is that like a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Getting the book? Yeah. being able to answer this question <laughs> yeah so I don't know like that whole debate I just feel like if Alexis doesn't want to chase anybody and is done with Julian and he makes her anxious or nervous or all that that stuff she doesn't mm-hmm. have to be around him oh 1000% and he even said too which I totally forgot he's like Christina's not even working tonight <laughs> Yeah, like Julian is uh, he's sort of fed up with all the ladies. I think he's fed up with all of their BS. One one ex-girlfriend is making him go to couples therapy. He's <laughs> not with her anymore. He's like, oh, I'll just let it go or I'll just let your throat. I didn't mean to. And then he has the other one where she's she's kissing Drew and he's probably like at a loss. He's like, I drive women crazy like I do with Alexis. I don't drive them to my daughter's ex-husband. That's not my thing. Huh. So but the more grumpy weird. and the way he's changed, I have to admit, like Julian has moved up in my like hot factor eater i'm like what is my I benchmark agree. here <laughs> what's what your benchmark oh <laughs> uh, anyways yeah i really like them i think it's i like their scenes together and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens next because he's down so, in you, the so you want better. something a little something to happen with him and a alexis little a little something but nothing permanent a little something something that won't last very long <laughs> okay that sounds good so now that we're like in this sort of charlie's frame of mind Let's talk New Year's brunch. So I'm sorry, Nita's reaction to Obrecht showing up. (laughs) Obviously, she was the last to know. So that was super funny when she saw her come to celebrate the New Year's with them. But like Nina's reactions to everything is like so friggin' awesome. And I just, (laughs) next level, she's like, oh, weren't you supposed to be in jail? Or like, I can't remember what she said, but it was so funny. But I really like it because she has an outsider reaction to the crazy in Port Charles, even though she's used to it. But I love that about her. It's really funny. Like she kind of like she kind of represents us sometimes in the way that she reacts to certain things. But that's what makes it really hard for me because I get all these characters have layers. But it's just like, I love Nina and I want to love her all the time. But it's really hard for me to love her when it comes to this whole Charlotte Ace situation. Yes, totally. I really do not like that, Nina. I don't. And worst of all, okay, (laughs) it was kind of entertaining. Like, it was super entertaining, the whole self-defense course today. I have to admit, totally enjoyed. Okay, so the thing with that, okay, I I loved it. This is what I wanted, okay? Like, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. This is juicy. This is what I wanted. I wanted it to go down when Lulu showed up at Elizabeth's house. I wanted that Elizabeth to be there and just rip everybody to shreds, whether it made sense or not. I enjoyed that. And she didn't do it. And she explained at today's episode that she doesn't hold Lulu responsible. Mm-hmm. And she makes a point of blatantly telling this to Nina. I was just dying. It was so funny. She's like, I don't blame Lulu. She's like, well, that leaves me in Valentine. Valentine's like, I didn't say anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's so Elizabeth. Like that right there is Elizabeth. She stirs the pot. And she's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really? really? But I have to admit, like, Nina sort of started it. You know, you have a teacher checking in. They're not, like, the worst foursome to be sitting together, just by the way. You know, like, Willow, Nina, it's just a bad mix. 
Maxie and Elizabeth, they're good now. They're in a stable place. But I mean, she slept with one of her husbands at the time. Like, he had slept with Lucky. And they've always had a bit of a rocky relationship. But obviously, things are good now. It was just a super weird combo of women, but obviously really entertaining. And I would not have wanted to be Maxie in that situation. The fact that she's the one taming everybody says a lot about their behavior. And also about her growth. About, like, how she's seen over the years. And who she's become and her as a parent. And Chase was like super cute in the scene because he's like oblivious to everything going on. I loved his reaction at the end when Willow like agreed to go on a date with him. And she's like, oh, I need to get away from all this drama. He's like, there was drama. And he had like a cute little smile. I was like, oh, amazing. How do we register for the next class? <laughs> I know. He's just, he's like too busy being cute to like notice anything that's happening. But the thing with Nina, like I couldn't believe it when she was like, uh, when the teacher was asking Elizabeth how Aiden was and Nina was like, Charlotte's fine too. And I'm like, are you joking right now? I know. That's so brazen. Right? And so, I mean, like, this is one of those times where, like, I'm on Elizabeth's side and I try to justify it by telling myself, you're on Aiden's side. (laughs) So you're still good. But that's the thing with, with Nina. It's just, she's, first of all, she's delusional when it comes to Charlotte. But what bothers me is that at the end of the day, they're both kids. And part of me is like, do you need to talk to Aiden? Because, like, the things you're saying about Charlotte are not relevant to the situation. Like, you keep talking about, the like, she keeps being like, I want to empower, I want to empower. Yeah, you can be empowered, but you don't have to pummel other people to have power. And so the fact that she keeps painting this as, like, I want to empower Charlotte and I don't want anyone to take away any of that, this is not the situation at all. And the fact that she is diminishing everything about Aiden and kind of, like, he's being coddled and all this, I was like... Really? I mean, it's one thing to say it to Elizabeth, but I just feel like you, they're both kids. And I feel like maybe somebody should take her to see Aiden for her to kind of just have a dose of reality to snap Nina back to reality. Because we all know she's an amazing person, but mm-hmm. she's literally lost it, I find, when it comes to the situation. Like, she's very not, like, she's just not in touch with reality. She's not being, like, compassionate, like the person that we, we know her to be. Right. It's very true, but I also think very representative of some real life stuff. So Which I like the I, no, I was gonna say I I kind of like the way that they're dealing with this. I, I like that there's this side to her that, and I think it is really important that she sees Aiden, and that might bring her down to reality, seeing because she does love children, she does love kids, and she doesn't want to see them hurt. So as much as what she said was full to Elizabeth, seeing him and witnessing what is doing to him, I think will very much change the way she deals with Charlotte. I think so too. And and you're right with what you said, that it kind of depicts the reality of these types of situations. And that's exactly what the actress had tweeted a while back where the storyline started, because I had we had talked about this on our past podcast, that she had to make a point when the episode aired where she first was disapproving of, of the whole situation to just say, I don't agree with what my character is saying, but it's important to represent all the different reactions to this type of parenting situation. Exactly. Like we keep saying, they keep bringing in more real world things. You know, the comedy, uh, the people who are really not from Port Charles and have our reactions, the viewers. So bringing that other layer to this, I think just adds to the story and makes us watch more because she is a character that we love, but she just has this other side to her. Well, to that point about J.H. handling more real life things, this is so funny because they actually said that on today on the Stone Cold Jackal podcast this week. Finola was on it, so the actress that plays Anna. So yes, listening to that interview, she's way funnier than you would imagine. And it made me like her again. Because in the show I've been annoyed with her lately. Yes. And so I, I love the interview. I loved hearing her. And it was so funny because Bradford, so the actor who plays Spinelli was actually they actually mentioned that the general hospital was one of those soap operas who didn't steer, who didn't, like, who didn't steer too far from reality. Like, they didn't have too many fantasy-based storylines. They made the exception of the Ice Princess, but they were actually talking about that, that a lot of the storylines were more rooted in reality. Ooh, I have to listen to that one. So we're right when we say this, you know? We're not crazy when we're picking up (laughs) on all these things. Uh, But yeah, definitely worth a listen, uh, that episode. But another thing, so yes, the thing about Nina, we love her annoyed with her perspective on the situation but another thing that kind of got me because she is back with Valentine fine whatever that stuff will come out about what he's doing and how he's lying to her about Sasha but the fact that she's back to blindly defending him because she sort of did that during those interactions about Valentine like being defensive Mm -hmm. about him 
And that was also one thing that even before when she was with Valentine, I always loved her. But whenever she came up against other people where she had to defend Valentine and she did it so blindly, even though he was guilty of a lot of the things people were accusing him, I hated that because I found it made I found it made her look foolish because obviously I mean she doesn't know, but we know. We know he really did do all those things. Uh it's gonna suck when it comes out so hard. It is. But one last thing, and I don't know if you caught this, but I said this earlier in the podcast. I feel like if you have interactions with another character, and we love it when the characters are, are mixing. I think I you're going like to say every... what I think you're going to say. Go ahead. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll finish my sentence, and then you get to say it, and I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. So I kind of feel like every interaction you have is meaningful. So what pair do you think I'm talking about? Oh, no, I'm scared. Okay, Elizabeth and Whitlow. Oh, no. Whatever. What about them? <laughs> I love the way they were. I almost look like they're friends like in real friends? life. Yeah. Okay, like well, good for Elizabeth having another friend. I know. It's, it's the good girl group. Kim, Willow, and Elizabeth. Right. Love Do it. Do bad things to say it nicely. Okay, okay. You go with what you're flown with. Okay. Maxi and Chase. Ooh, she yeah. had two bouts of interaction with two bouts of interactions with him. She had a brief conversation at the start. I mean, look, I know he he's obviously with Willow into Willow. They're going for drinks. That that's happening. It's clearly happening. And and I remember that you know Maxie sort of has a history with Chase in the sense that she met him shortly after Nathan had passed, finding out that this was the guy replacing her husband. So I mean, she's familiar with him. But then she just has this brief conversation about parenting with him, and they're giggling and laughing. And I was just like, okay, well. That's interesting. I mean, he could have been doing those scenes with Willow. He could have been doing the scenes with Elizabeth. So true. They've been putting a lot of different women in front of him lately. Right? And I just feel like he pairs well with a lot of them. You know? Like, know. We threw out Lulu. We threw out Val. We threw out... I mean, Willow is happening, obviously. Christina. Like, yes, Christina. And and then Maxie. And I'm just like, mm, he's got options. But do the women have options? I'm thinking maybe that person is right. Woodstricks, when she was like, there's a lack of men. Maybe there oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there is. <laughs> so yeah, so that was this week. And, and I don't know. I, I'm really looking forward to our five-day GH week again. I am. Okay, I have one ad- last thing to add here. Okay, so that scene in the gym with the vet who got the job with Sunny. <laughs> that wonderful you know that, Mike. Do you know who he is? I don't know who he is, so I Googled him. Okay, and the go ahead. picture that came up, I was like, whoa. <laughs> so if you Google him, um, you know, just... Whoa, okay. <laughs> this is not the first time of him on the show, by the way. No, and that's the thing. Like, I'm kind of confused as to what role he plays. I know that he has a sister. I know he has a relationship with Maxie. But I really don't know. Nurse Amy. Amy. I don't know if you're watching them. Watching them when the whole Ashman Landers storyline. Oh, no, but I do know who the character is. Yeah, so that's his That's his sister. She hasn't been in it in a while, but he's popped in. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, I loved the interaction with him and Mike. He fits in really well. I like his chemistry with Maxie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I really liked that scene, and I just thought, hey, this is a new guy. I'm going to Google it, and there was the lovely surprise, and then I was like, okay. He's I a head writer on the show. Thing. That, too. I was like, what the heck like that's pretty awesome yeah because I had him on our Instagram because I he was on the show and I'm like yeah he, he was a character and then I would see the name on GH in the credits and I'm like huh? <laughs> and I'm like that name looks familiar isn't that insane yes it is ridiculous because he he's like super young and just I'm very impressed with his skill set and he's been involved yeah, in his skill set <laughs> is that what came up when you googled it I'm gonna stop talking now <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> Everybody, Google his skill set. <laughs> and if she bothered to remember his name, you would be able to do this right this second. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. This uh, someone I know doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'll hear about this later. Johnny listens to it. <laughs> so you have a good night and have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs>